Hey everyone, welcome back for another episode of the Joy and Infertility Podcast. I'm your host, Kaylee Porter, and my hope is that you will join me on this road of finding joy even in infertility. Happy Thanksgiving week, friends. We only have one more episode left this year before we go on a little Christmas break. I cannot believe this year is almost over. But today, you guys, I'm chatting with another Kansas City girl. This is two episodes in a row. Last episode was Crystal, and then this week, I get to talk to someone she works with. Her name is Emily Skillman, and y'all are going to love her. She is so precious. And I'm excited about this episode because we talked about a really practical way we can start recording our gratitude, and what a better time to talk about that than this month, when gratitude is on so many of our minds. Emily is super grateful this Thanksgiving because she is a beaming new mom of a baby boy. She calls him her IVF miracle, but she began to practice gratitude way before her miracle came. Really was realizing that, okay, I cannot put my hope in my circumstances. No matter the outcome of what happens, my hope is in you because he is greater than anything that I am trying to put my hope in on earth. All right. I know it's Thanksgiving. Everybody's got a lot going on. So we'll get right to my conversation with Emily. Here we go. Hey, Emily, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. So you're here in Kansas City, right? Yes, I am. I live, I heard you live on the Missouri side. Is that right? Yes, that is who we are now. We are Missourians. You're on the Kansas side? I'm on the Kansas side. So I was born and raised in Kansas City. So we, uh, my husband was too. So I've lived here my whole life. So are you actually in Kansas City, Kansas? No, actually, we are a little bit more south, um, out in Olathe. <gasps> I so. used to live in Olathe. Oh, really? Oh. I was there I was there last year. <laughs> oh, so funny. Yep. No, we live out in Olathe. My husband actually grew up in Olathe. Um, I grew up just a little bit north in Lenexa. So, um, okay, yeah. But, but it's funny. We live on the west side of Olathe, and I never ventured out here growing up. And my husband's always like, why don't you know where things are when we moved out here? And I was like, I just never went this far south. So yeah. So tell us more about you and your family. Uh, well, like I said, we lived in Kansas city, our whole lives, my husband and I, but I have a very sweet husband named Jeff. Um, we met at school together. We went to college together. Um, and he's such a hard worker and provider for our family. And he also is the number one person who can make our son laugh, which is so sweet to (laughs) see. Um, and then this past May, we had our first baby, an IVF miracle. His name is Lucas. Um, and he just turned six months this past week, which I can't believe that he's half a year old and actually tonight we gave him his first bite of food which you know so it's still <laughs> what did you choose milky. uh it's oatmeal cereal yes <laughs> so but it was so sweet and fun and all at the same time I was like about to cry because I'm like how is my little baby eating food so my husband thought it was so funny that I was like tearful about it but it was sweet at the same time <laughs> and then do you a- find yourself tearful about that like those moments because you're like I never thought I'd be here I never thought I'd have that yes yes um Yes. <laughs> I have become, I've kind of always been someone who's just ha- brings a lot of emotion to situations just because I really feel like I have strong feelings towards things. Like my feelings are, are known, I guess is the better word or way to say that. But, um, but yes, it's just so, it's like, I'm so happy. I remember when we first came home from the hospital, I cried often and I was like, I didn't know one, if it was just hormones, but my husband would be like, Oh, should I be worried? Are you sad? And I was like, I am just so 
happy. Like I'm just mm. bursting with so much emotion that I can't contain my tears. Um, so, <laughs> so yes, I do find myself crying at moments just cause I'm like, Oh my goodness, this is precious. And I can't even believe it's happening. So, so yes. And his name is Lucas. Um, and you know, we went through so many names, you know, for, we tried for over three years, um, before we had our positive pregnancy and, um, we, I had a list of names for boys and girls and, you know, through the process of all the things you do for infertility, but, um, we ended up doing acupuncture at one point and my husband would come with me when he was in town and we would just go through lists of names and also like what they mean as you had to sit there and not for 30 minutes. So um, what a great way to like, take your mind off of what is yes. happening to your body. <laughs> yes. Well, and you know, it's supposed to be relaxing. And I was like, I don't know how relaxing these needles in my body are, but um, yeah, I've never done acupuncture. I've done dry needling, which was terrible. But, was it? So this yeah. wasn't terrible. It was actually much better than I thought. Um, okay. And the person who did it with me was really great and sweet because she knew I was very skeptical of everything. And so, um, but um, Lucas actually means light. And uh, we really have felt just a really strong connection to that with just our story and the light that has shine and shown in our mm-hmm. lives through his little life, the God shining so big, um, so many different areas, but just his love and his light. So we really have loved his meaning too. And his middle name actually is Clayton, which is um, a passed down name from my husband's side of the family. Um, so he's the fourth generation, which is kind of special too, to have Clayton as a middle name. So Aww. Yeah. So my my older brother's name is James Clayton. Oh, really? And he goes by Clay. So Clay is my 22 months older than me, but yeah, he's been Clay my his whole life, and he's a third generation James. But it's weird. Our family did, or the guys did. um, My grandfather was J A. My dad was J B, and Clay was J C. Um, and my my nephew is J D. So they're just gonna keep going with the the alphabet there, but. Clay's that always is so cool. Yeah. That's so neat. <laughs> so fun. Well, and I also have to mention we have a schnoodle. Um, uh, she <laughs> She's a little 10-pound puppy that we have. She's not a puppy anymore, but um, she actually was there through all of our um, trials and um, things that we did through, I, um, through infertility. So she's a big part of our family, too. <laughs> so did you say you were a teacher? I am a teacher. What grade do you teach? So I teach kindergarten. Um, I was about to say, you sound like a kindergarten teacher. Oh, really? <laughs> you have the sweetest kindergarten voice. I can just see all the kindergartners loving you. Oh, well, you know, I've had several people mention that about my voice before, which is so funny. But, um, yep, I'm a kindergarten teacher. I sure love it. Um, I've taught first grade, too, so I've stayed young (laughs) in primary ages, but, um, definitely love just that age just because there's so much that you're learning, not just from reading and math, but like lifelong skills, like empathy Uh and being a kind friend. And, um, also just getting that I can try something new and it's okay if I fail. Um, and just also just letting them know that they're loved and valued. That was really what has driven me to be a teacher and have really loved that with that age group. Yeah. So you talk about Lucas and you said he was an IVF miracle. So kind of walk through that. You said it took three years to walk through that process a little bit. Yeah. So, um, 
you know, my husband and I, we actually got engaged. I was, I had no idea we were getting engaged because he um, accepted a job in another city. And so right afterwards, he actually proposed and I was like, oh my goodness. Um, but he actually, we lived apart for 18 um, months of our um engagement and our marriage. So, um, just, I remember he wanted to have kids. Like he's like, let's have kids after a couple years. And I was like, well, we have to live in the same city first. Um, Mm -hmm. so once we finally got that, that's a whole nother story of how God worked in our lives. But, um, once we got back to the same city, I was like, okay, in a few years, you know, let's start trying. And, and I remember it was the summer of 2015. And, um, I remember after the first month and it was a no, I was kind of like, Oh, you know, I wasn't even sure if I was ready yet, like just being a little anxious about it. But um, from then on, I remember each month just got more sad and more emotion got into that. But yes, it took us a little over three years. Um, so we tried on our own for a whole year and our doctor had said, oh, you know, this is normal. Um, this happens to people and, you know, we want to give it a whole year because there's nothing that you have that we know of that would be causing it not to be working for you guys. Um, so then in 2016, after a year, uh, we ended up through our OBGYN starting um, different round or eight rounds of just different ovulation timing medicines mm. just to see if that was the problem. Eight um, rounds? Yes, we did for, for eight oh months. Gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, yes. So it was a long time and, you know, um, I, one thing that we learned through it all too is like, you know, you're trying so hard to have this family, but really keeping in mind dating each other was such a big part of just this um, time of our lives, our period of our lives of just making sure that we were investing in our relationship because we were also feeling so down and disappointed. Um, but once we did eight rounds of that, um, we ended up getting referred to our infertility specialist. And um, we found out that we did lots of different tests and we were diagnosed as unexplained, which um, which is so the, fun. So fun. In the medicine <laughs> world, they say, oh, that's so great. You have such a great high chance of getting pregnant on your own. Um, but then also it's just disappointing because there's no like direct route of what I know. I think it's so hard. Yeah. You have no next step. <laughs> I can't imagine. Yes. yes. So it's like, okay, so why isn't this working? And so, um, we ended up doing IUIs next, um, could just because they said the prognosis was a high chance just because, they don't know why it wasn't working out for us. So we ended up doing four and they failed each one. Um, so, um, we kind of came apart or came across like a road of, okay, so what do we do next? Do we decide to go down adoption to start our family? Um, cause honestly we had never considered IVF. We kind of had said, okay, we'll try the IUIs. And then after that, we'll go down through adoption. Um, but we were really just praying and trying to find discernment of which direction would be best for our family and what God had planned for us. Um, so we actually met with a couple friends that we knew. We knew one that went through adoption and one that went through um, IVF um, and just got to hear their hearts and how God worked in their lives and what it was like and the ups and the negative parts of all of those um 
just the journey through them both. Um, and it was so crazy. Um, we ended up having a meeting with our doctor and we like drilled him with so many questions just about like, what if, what if, and, um, just cause we were so skeptical of if IVF was really what's going to be for us. And, um, and I think the appointment was supposed to be like, you know, 20 minutes and we were probably there for like an hour. And, um, he, I remember at the end of it, he just said, you guys, you know what, you would just have to pray about it. And all of a sudden, Jeff and I looked at each other oh, wow. and we're like, oh my goodness, you know, that is what we've been doing. And I don't know, something pulled at our heart in that moment. And that was just like, you know what, I feel like God is pushing us this way, which kind of put us back a little bit. Cause we were like, what is IVF? And you know, all the shots and medicines, and we didn't really know anything about it. So, um, we ended up signing up for that, which in itself, then there's a waiting period, um, of just when you get started and once the medicines and your body's ready for it. Um, and so I was got signed up and I was supposed to have my retrieval in March of 2018. Um, and we had signed up, I think it was October when we decided of 2017. So, um, when we got to that moment, um, I went for my ultrasound, which, you know, by that point I've had so many ultrasounds, um, and never have I had a cyst before until Mm. this ultrasound, which I was just Uh. like, oh my goodness, is this like a sign of this isn't supposed to be? And, you know, like, why would this be? happening if we finally got to the route we felt like God, you know, had put us on. Um, so they said, okay, we'll have to wait a month and see, you know, next month mm-hmm. if your body's ready, which we were, um, which was so. So the cyst went away on its own? It did. It did go on okay. its way. Cause I know some people who've had to have it drained and we did not have to have that. So yep, yeah, I had to have surgery to remove one and it oh. took my ovary with it. <laughs> oh, no. So, so I know that, I know that, that news on that ultrasound. I know how that goes. <laughs> Yes. Oh man. Was that painful, that surgery? Um, I mean, it's, it's typical recovery. Um, it was just laparoscopic, but they were shocked that I wasn't in pain from this. It was actually, they thought it was a cyst. It was a dermoid tumor, which, um, if you're really gross and into like gross medical things, those are the types of tumors that they find like teeth and hair in. Um, they're like, they're left, from what I understand in my very limited knowledge, they're left, they're, those cells are left in our bodies from, from when we were in the womb and they, they kind of hang out around your ovaries and sometimes they'll, I don't know, I'm butchering this, but sometimes they'll basically just start growing and they become these dermoid tumors and that they'll sometimes have, I mean, they found bones before in these tumors. Um, so the doctor was super pumped when she was like, I came out, when I came out of, back to my post-op, she was like, it was so cool. I took pictures and showed it to my <laughs> husband at dinner. And I mean, like we were, we were sad because it took an, it took my ovary. I mean, I was, you know, half down at that point. Oh, and, um, yeah. she was so pumped about it. And we were like, can you like <laughs> celebrate later? Cause this is just yeah. not our, it's not our moment. <laughs> so. Yeah. Even at your own home, not in front of us. <laughs> yes. Man. Yes. Yeah. No, we were really lucky. It did go on its way on its own. So, which I had never experienced one or knew that I would ever experience one because they said it's common to have them, but you know, of course it popped up on the moment of, Hey, I we know. want it yeah. to be ready. And, um, now did yours happen on your appointment to get ready for a retrieval? It was for, um, we were starting our IUI round. So we weren't, it wasn't like the day that they were going to do the, um, gosh, what are we even calling it? The turkey baster. What are, it wasn't <laughs> that day. It was the day that we were starting. And so they were like, Nope, okay. you cannot get on Clomid right now 
because yeah. of because of the danger. So they had to wait to see if it went away, and it obviously didn't. But it, by the time they got in there, it was pretty big. Um, they that's what that's where I was saying, that's where I was going a while ago. They said they were shocked that that the actual tumor wasn't causing me pain because it was like months away from it was a, within a few months it would have ruptured because oh, it was man. it was going to get larger. But I know a lot of times they're just very painful beforehand. I was grateful that was not the case. Yes. So definitely. Well, man, yeah, it is. It's, you know, there's so much to each step of infertility. So um, each one is a victory when you can pass on to the next step for sure. Yeah. Um, so we actually, so then we got to do the retrieval in April. Um, and then they were saying, okay, you know, probably our transfer date would probably be in June. Um, but as we were preparing for that, um, when they did the um, hysteroscopy, um, they found that I had, they called it a skin tag. Um, and my doctor was like, you know, it might be fine, it, but you know, I just don't want to chance anything. I want, you know, take care of your embryos, which I truly appreciated. Um, and he was like, I would hate if something didn't go right for us to not know like a hundred percent that this was not the reason why, which in th- that moment I was so sad. Cause I was like, yes, we're here. We're finally doing it. And, um, and then that happened. But again, so thankful for my doctor just for not wanting to rush things or uh, not being attentive to details. Um, so we ended up having, I ended up having a polypectomy. Um, so where is this, where was this? In your uterus? It was, yes, in my uterus. Oh, so they look at your, I've like, never heard of lining. that. Yeah. So, um, so, yep, I had a polypectomy. And so, and they ended up did finding a polyp, which he didn't see originally. So, and it was benign, but um, they made sure my body was all ready for our sweet little embryo to be transferred. Um, and so then August 28th, embryo number three was transferred, who is now Lucas. And <laughs> we found out um, September 7th that it was a polyp positive pregnancy test. And I remember like everyone talks about like the two week wait of just finding out if you're pregnant or not. And, um, I just remember like, cause one part, part of it, you're, um, you know, on bed rest. Um, so I remember laying on the couch and just like holding my well uterus area, my belly and being like, just so happy and in love that this little body, this little, um, life was inside of me. Um, and I would just remember being like, I don't want the two weeks to end. Like, I remember people telling me like, I can't wait for it to be done. And I was like, no, I just love knowing that there was a life in here, this little, and I knew it was a boy at the time. So that this little boy was here and a part of me. And, um, it's so special. It was, it was a really special two weeks. I remember just being like, Oh, this is so sweet. And I remember my dog even coming and snuggling up on my belly. And I was like, Oh, she knows too. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, I don't know if you're a friends, a friends fan, but there was the episode when Phoebe has her implantation of like the triplets and she's like laying upside down on the couch, like talking to them. <laughs> it reminds me of that. <laughs> yes, I do. I, I know you're in there. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, but yep. So then, and now here we are, he's six months old somehow. I don't even time wow. flies. And um, it's just crazy that it was really an amazing way just to see how life is formed and how beautiful it is and how truly no one is made by mistake. I knew that always before, but man, it takes a lot just to make a little tiny human and everything has to be so perfect. And really it's like God's hand is so evident in the creation of, of people. So 
Yeah. Whenever, I think that's one of the, the greatest things that, that we've learned through every, through having to go through treatments and stuff is to know what it takes to actually make life come about. And then the fact of that only God can make life, but even everything has to be perfectly in a line for him to just, it, for his hand to be all over it. Like it just, it's, it's just crazy. The fact that anybody can get pregnant is a miracle. It truly is. It Even is. the accident. They are miracles. Because they are. It's just the human body's nuts. There's so much going on. Yes. And you know, my doctor, I remember too, something that stood out, um, he had said, he was like, if I could guarantee you a baby, I would be retired. You know, I would be not <laughs> needing to do this anymore. But, um, and that's when he had mentioned that prayer was really, what was it? And I was like, you're right. Through it all, like science, yes, was a part of it, but God was totally in control the whole time. Yes. Yes. So backing up a little bit, I didn't realize that you were a teacher. So I've interviewed one other kindergarten or te- kindergarten teacher. Um, how did that play into? Because uh, I feel like especially kindergarten parents, they're the they are the they're still beaming. This is still their first, you know, the first year their kids in real school and um, the first day pictures and all of that. How did that? Did that hurt, was that hurtful as you watched that go down? You know. Um, I would say the longer I was trying, it was um, just Uh because that was something I longed for um, and just realizing, you know, that the longer it was taking, I was like, oh man, you know, by now I'd already hopefully would have had, you know, a three-year-old or Mm -hmm. um, so it was, but you know, their little hearts are so sweet um, and they would often ask me about like, are you a mommy or, you know, where's your baby at? And I was always like, oh, little do you know that (laughs) my heart wants to be a mommy, but you know, I'm just your teacher right now. And, um, and, uh, it was really fun when I was pregnant just to see their love already. Like they would caress my belly and they would say, good baby. Or when I would say, oh, you know, our voices need to turn down or get a little quieter. They would say, yeah, we don't want to wake the baby. I was like, you're right. <laughs> baby, that was a great tool. Yep. 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 So, well, and that was also the year of all that snow. So we had a lot of indoor recesses. So, yeah. um, which is always hard, but yeah, no, you know, it was, and, um, and you know, everyone, no one realizes, I think until, of course you're going through anything, but, um, sometimes those questions of just like, Oh, when are you guys going to have kids? Or cause everyone knows that you love children. Um, mm. and not that everyone is, you know, wanting to be a parent who's a teacher, but, um, they're just, you know, those questions that were hard to answer or, you know, when, um, uh, when you'd have like the parents and the kids, I guess, just asking those questions, which they were, they were doing it out of love, but it was also right. like, Oh, if you only knew I'm trying so hard. Yeah. So, yeah. So when did you start sharing about your journey? So we were with our immediate family. We're open once or kind of right away, just about like, oh, we're trying, you know, praying that everything goes well, just with like our parents and our siblings. Um, it wasn't until really we started uh, seeing a infertility specialist that we started to really talk about it all at all with friends. Um in our church family, which really, you know, looking back on it, I mean, everyone has their own way that they would journey through things, but it made such a difference to have a community around us when we were mm-hmm. going through that part of our journey. Um, we were really, really 
just blessed to have such great church family praying for us. We even um, had the privilege to speak a couple times at church just about um, before we did IVF, we had a chance to just talk about what God was doing in our life through infertility and what we were needing prayer for. And then we got to do it also actually last Christmas when I was pregnant, which was really neat. Um, Yeah, it was really neat. We actually got to talk during the hope time of Advent. So that was really neat just to have like a full kind of circle of that journey from the last time we got to speak. And, um, wow. And then also just friends being so supportive and, you know, my friends really haven't gone through this before. Um, but just, you know, them checking on me or we were sent, um, you know, gifts or like flowers or cookies when they knew something big was coming up or, um, and I think I had heard in one of your other podcasts actually with Crystal Wheeler, just about being seen and how impactful that is that people maybe not know what to say or do, but just so that they, you feel that you're seen for what you're going through is really, mm-hmm. I think, impactful, um, which actually led me to Lullaby of Hope. Uh, one of my sweet friends, she did not go through infertility, but she made her own little gift box set for me. She had like stick colored sticky notes and pins for like, I had a calendar of when all my shots Aww. were so I could check off and, and a book. And she gave me like a, an adult coloring book, which I'd never done, but those are awesome when you're waiting at your appointments and Um, and then, uh, from there, I just really had felt, you know, like I was so blessed to have this community and I know a lot of people don't have that around them, or maybe they're just not as open with it to have that community. Um, and so that's when I, I got connected with the love I have hope. I just Googled one day on my computer and I was just like, how? are ways to encourage women in through infertility and point them back to Jesus. <laughs> and uh, Lullaby of Hope came up and um, I saw they could have packing parties. And since Aww. I um, was given a, a box that really just encouraged me, I reached out to Lullaby of Hope. And I was like, hey, I'd love to host a packing party with some of my friends. You know, I just went through infertility and um, this little little gift box really just encouraged me and let me feel loved from my friends. And they ended up getting back to me and they're like, you know, we're not really doing that right now. Um, and I was like, oh, well, is there any other ways to like get involved? Um, and they're like, well, actually, you know, we need a packing party coordinator. Aww. And I was like, oh, well, I was just trying to host a party. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but um, it truly turned into a God thing that he intervened and, um, I really got to know and love the mission and ministry of Lullaby of Hope. And um, I got connected with Crystal. And now I'm actually the packing party coordinator. That's so um, funny. (laughs) It is. It's so fun, though. I get to not only be with people and um, go alongside them as they serve and um, really give these boxes um, not only just time and uh, commitment to making them precious and sweet, but also praying over them. And then also it gives me a chance just to share more about our story um, and what God did through the little life of our son. So, Well, I want to go back to something that you said, because I think it's so um, important for us in this season you said that the the friends that you had around you at the time when you guys were walking through infertility had not personally walked through infertility themselves, but you still feel felt loved, seen, heard, all those things, right? Yes. So, should, like, give us a like maybe some. I mean, you said they they would send you stuff, but how did they practically and just emotionally support you guys through this? Because I have so many people that send me emails that say none of my friends 
go through and have gone through infertility. They have no clue what this is like. So therefore I can't share this with them or therefore they can't help me, but they can. I mean, one of the girls that has been so supportive, actually two of the girls, my two of my closest friends have not walked through infertility. One of them has four kids and counting. Um, but she has been one of my you know, sweetest supporters through this entire journey. So tell us kind of what, how your friends did that. Well, you know, um, I think sometimes just letting me talk about it if I wanted to and not talk about it if I didn't want to. Um, I think that is important to just know that you have someone who will listen or not li- or not or talk about something else. Talk about, you know, movies or um, what's going on in their life. But just knowing that you're not alone because infertility does feel so lonely. Um, not only do you feel alone, like just because not a lot of people are going through it, but there's a void of a child that you feel that you want to grow your family and it makes it lonely, especially during the holidays. Um, I remember thinking like being quite caught off guard of like, oh man, I didn't know that so much emotion was going to come up for putting up the tree or mm-hmm. um, putting on ornaments yeah. or getting together with my family and seeing other kids around. And um, and not that I was in any way sad for them. I was so happy to see that, but just, it's a, it's a weird feeling to feel so sad for yourself um, just because you're missing something that you've been desiring um, and trying for, but definitely just listening. Um, also, just sending texts made me feel loved and important when they knew um, maybe I was going through all my shots and all the timings and I couldn't maybe meet, meet up for dinner because it's a very strict timing of all the medicines. Um, just sending me a text that they were thinking of me and um, maybe even just a picture or something they were doing. Like just again, just feeling involved when I couldn't necessarily be there. Um, and then definitely prayer. I loved when my friends would just ask me specifically what to pray for or our church mm-hmm. group. Um, because sometimes it's different. Sometimes it was, you know, just pray that, um, that this appointment goes well, but other times pray like, Oh, you know, that my husband and I can really enjoy our date this coming up, you know, just because there is more emotion going on between us right now. Um, or, um, praying that, um, you know, when you are with people who are having children, like that you can be a positive, happy moment in that baby shower, shower, because you do feel so happy for them, but somehow it's hard to sometimes express it when that's your desire as well, if Mm -hmm. that makes sense. Um, but yeah, just, I think just being there, staying included, um, not distancing, not distancing yourself just because you don't necessarily know what's going on. Um, I have been really lucky, uh, just so since our son is born, I have been, um, more, I've been sharing about our journey more through my just Instagram and Facebook. Um, and through that, I've had several people reach out to me who I hadn't talked to in a really long time in my past. Um, just reach out to me to let me know about their infertility journey and they were just starting it or they were in the middle of it. And it was so neat to just be there with them, um, just to talk to them, check in on how appointments have gone. Um, cause I think again, just being a listening ear, just being heard, being seen, I think is just really powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, um, one of the, the girl that I was saying, you know, four kids and counting, cause they just, I feel, I feel like it's any day they're going to just call and say they're pregnant again, but she, 
she is just the sweetest. Um, this she was just the sweetest support. We actually lived together through, or not lived together. We lived in the same town, um, for the last like, well, I'd say the the beginning like two years of our of our secondary infertility with my before we had our son. And I think one of the sweetest things that she would do when we would we would be together, she would just look at me and she'd be like, "Is that hard for you? What is that like for you?" And she would just stop and make me fill in the gaps and um, just asking those questions with those completely deep and <laughs> open-ended for, for me to have to fill in the gap of my feelings was just, I felt so seen and so heard and she was just incredible for me. So I, I just want, I want people to know they don't have to, your friends don't have to be walking the same road as you to support you. Um, if you feel like they're not supporting you, maybe you can just say like, Hey, here's some things that maybe we could do together to try to help, um, get me through this. What are some things that I can do to help you get through something that you're going through? So just kind of working through that together because they just, if they're your best friends, they're your best friends. Like those are your people. So you need to lean on them no matter if they have the same exact circumstances as you or not. So I love that. I love that you, you felt that. Yes. And, you know, just even going out to dinner, I remember just feeling I'm really lucky. One of my good friends, we always went out to dinner on Wednesday nights together every Wednesday. And so she got to hear a lot of that journey. But yeah, just that, um, just being together. And I love that your friend kind of forced you to talk about it. So, because, and again, everyone needs something different. So some people that really is going to be beneficial for them just to be able to pour out and be truthful about it. Cause when people ask sometimes you're like, Oh, it's going good. But you know, you might say that and it, maybe it is going good, but it is hard and it is painful. And it is, there's a lot of emotion and anxiety and there's so many emotions I experienced that I have never experienced before that yeah. I, it gave me a new appreciation just for just right feeling, I guess that my normal myself again. So, well, you may have already answered this, but what so what do you, what would you say in your life right now um now that you've gone through infertility what has there anything is there anything in your life that has changed because of infertility um i would say definitely um it truly was a big part of just my growing in my own faith um i um grew up in a christian home and have known christ as my savior for my life, my whole life. Um, but as I've gotten older, obviously it's gotten more and more real. Um, but we, as going through this, I remember just feeling at moment, some moments so alone and sad and thinking, you know, this is never going to happen for us. And, um, and feeling a lot of anxiety with all the medications. And like I mentioned, my husband, he travels a lot. So sometimes it was just me doing it. He would do all he could. He would FaceTime me and all sorts of things, but like, okay, this is all on me to put these together. But truly I felt God's presence more than I have ever felt. Um, I felt his love and his grace for my shortcomings, um, of either, just not being positive about it. Or even I missed my shot by 10 minutes and they told me, you know, it has to be exact. And I had to remind myself and I really felt it, that God was bigger than anything I was doing, um, Mm -hmm. along this journey. Um, so I think truly just knowing, um, that God's 
Um, one, his plan is going to be better than any of my plans can be, I realized, um, which I think that's a reoccurring theme in my life, that I have a plan. I think being a teacher, I like to plan things out. Um, but it seems like God will throw a little loophole and a new direction. And then later I'm like, whoa, I could have never imagined this. This is greater than I could have ever thought. And actually um, the song Scars by I Am They has been something that has truly just been ringing true in my life. Um, that, you know, in the in the times it was dark and it was deep. Um, it talks about the water in that song, but really just looking back now and um, being thankful for the scars and how I wouldn't change them because I just saw a new part of just God in his heart. Um, and just my faith grew so much stronger and my dependence on him did, um, which I feel like, um, I, I always am like, Oh man, I hate that. It took something that was hard <laughs> for it to feel so mm-hmm. real. But really I, um, when it talks about in the Bible, just your character, um, how it can be changed in those tough times and your faith grows stronger. It's so true. Um, and now my, my hope is that I can continue that and not have to go through a trial to always remember that. (laughs) Um, but, uh, but yeah, so just deepening my faith and my love for Christ that just knowing again, that he is in control. What I'm looking at now is such a little part of his overall plan. Um, which in the moment it is much harder to know that truth. Um, but I feel like going through this, it does help you to be like when something is happening to say, okay, I know that God has been faithful before and he will continue to be faithful. Um, and also just being seen. Um, I love music that really speaks to my heart. And I feel like a, mm-hmm. a big part of my own worship is just through music and my prayer life through music. Um, and I remember um, just the song, Even If by Mercy Me, that was something that I really clung on to. Um, through my infertility journey, I uh, really was realizing that, okay, I cannot put my hope in my circumstances, no matter the outcome of what happens. My hope is in you because he is greater Mm -hmm. than anything that I am trying to put my hope in on earth. So um, that is something else that really just became more real to me. And again, I knew all these things and I had trusted in these things, but they just became much more evident and um, truthful in my own life. Yeah, Um, it's it's like my mentor always says, like it went it traveled it traveled six inches from your head to your heart or 12 inches or whatever, 12 inches from your head to your heart. That's what, you know, these things, but then when you walk on, it's like, Oh no, I know, I know this now. Yes. And you know, um, through it too, um, I just really, like once we were pregnant and when I was Googling about lullaby of hope, I remember just having it on my heart that, you know what, I did not go through this for no reason. Um, not only was God speaking to me, but I truly felt like a need to start sharing our story. Um, just because I felt that there was a purpose behind this infertility journey. Um, and so, uh, there, um, I had pulled it up because I do not, I have not memorized it. <laughs> Psalm um, 91, uh, 14. It said, the Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. I will reward them with a long life and give them my salvation. I truly felt that um, he saw me and cried with me when all this was going on, that I felt his emotions with me, which I felt like had not 
I haven't felt that connection before of just being seen in my sadness. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I really um, just felt like that part of my faith had grown as well. Just knowing that God is really there through it all. And he's not only just, he's truly a father and he, Mm-hmm. hurts when I hurt and sees that um, no matter what I am going through. So that was something that really, I feel like changed um, going through that as well. Um, and I love how that verse didn't say, you know, he's going to, re- I'll rescue you when you're in trouble or he rescues me when I'm in trouble. There are moments that he may do that, but it actually says I'm with you in trouble. Yes. And so there's times where he's not going to rescue us, but he's with us in it. I love that. Yes. And truly becoming content. I remember my husband and I looking at each other saying, you know, this might not happen. Um, And that's when we really were like, really, our hope does need to be in Christ. No matter what the outcome is, we are Mm -hmm. not going to be happy or content or full without Christ as our sinner. So um, that was something that we really, luckily, Mm -hmm. my husband is such a man of faith that he truly, um, I wouldn't have been able to do that without him because it is hard to fully surrender that desire and say, okay, God, if this isn't it, this isn't it. Um, you know, we're going to follow you and love you and, um, be content with what you have given us. So, um, and then really just seeing the power of prayer move, just the peace that we had felt, felt, um, as we were going through each step when people were praying for us, I remember my husband and I were talking about how on our, um, transfer day, how, you know, this had been over three years in the making, um, that we were trying to, um, create, have this little boy inside of me. And, um, so this day should be like a nerve wracking day, anxious day. And we both felt such at peace. Um, we were calm and, you know, like I had mentioned, I can get (laughs) tears come out sometimes as I feel my emotions and I was not crying, which is surprising. Um, I think my husband was a little cough guard too. Um, we had met with our pastor that day. He had lunch with us and prayed over us and it was just, um, it was just a really calming day. And we both looked at each other and were like, this should not be. But we really were like, it's because God's presence, but also just the people who had been praying with for us and with us throughout this whole journey. Um, we just felt different times like that where it was just not normal for what we were feeling and yeah. really just feeling peace in mind that um, that God was in control. And again, just no matter the outcome, but really our hearts, I think, really felt his presence because of all the people that were praying for us. So we just really, um, my husband and I, we make a point now to definitely be praying for those who are going through it just because we know, wow, what an impact that can make. Yeah, for sure. That's amazing. Yeah. You don't hear that too often (laughs) during the two week wait. It's not normally looked down as fondly like what you talked about. And that day for sure is never, I've never really heard people say that it was a peaceful day. So that's really incredible. That's amazing. We slept the night before too. I remember we were like, what? (laughs) So the week that this is launching, it's actually Thanksgiving week. November is typically the month when gratitude is on everyone's mind. Even if we never think about it during the year, it's like, Oh, November, let's be grateful. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) But, and obviously now you are so grateful because obviously you have your Lucas, you have your miracle baby, but you practice being grateful way before you, before you got pregnant in a very practical way. So I'd love for you to tell us how you did that. Yeah. Um, you know, I have kind of 
just always been a positive person. I like, I don't like to be sad or have those bad days. So I've always tried to just stay with a positive attitude, but infertility is sad and it can get depressing and give you anxiety. And so I just, um, was really just trying to find ways to stay positive and realize, you know, there's so much that is positive going on in my life. Um, and again, like I said, I'm a big, just worshiper through song. Um, and so counting every blessing by Rink collective um they had a new album come out i remember when we were going through all this and that song just really stuck out to me and i was like you know what yes i would love the blessing of a child but man i've got so many other things um and so i decided you know what i'm going to just jot down every day something that i am thankful for if it's the weather if it's coffee <laughs> if it's um just anything that i can think of that day that was really stuck out to look back and know, yes, something that God is really blessing me in ways that maybe I don't see. So some things I've written down are big, like, hey, you know, we had our retrieval and we had 12 eggs, you know, or, um, and some are just small as in, you know, I got a good night's sleep or um, thankful for pumpkin spice coffee because I love pumpkin flavored everything. So, um, but so I started, have you tried the pumpkin cold brew? Oh yes. And I sure do love it. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm obsessed. So am I. I it's it freezing and I'm getting it all the time. Oh yes. It's so good. So I just started, um, I've never been someone who's been good at journaling and I actually just started a Google doc. Um, and so I just was like, well, then I can do it wherever, whenever I think about it or, you know, if I'm at school, yeah. if I'm at home or wherever I'm at. And actually I added my husband to it. So we actually have two parts to it where he writes something down and I write something down um, just so that we can both see like one, keeping each other accountable, um, but also just it's funny how oh, I really like that. Yeah. It's just funny how he can see something different than I could, or I could see something different than he did or like, Oh yeah, that did happen today. And that was awesome. Um, so we've actually been doing it since, um, January of 2017, no, 2018. Yes. So 2018 of January. Oh, that is so cool. So yeah, so we still have it to this day, which is really neat. Um, and like I said- So how, are y'all still like daily you get on there? Yes. I mean, there are some days that I have to go back and maybe add one or two days. <laughs> but yes, I have kept it going, um, which is something that I've really loved too. So when I was going through um, just infertility and just those days that you feel down, like maybe it was another negative test or my IUI failed. Um, I could like look back and just see about all the great things that I that God has given me or put in our lives. Um, so um, like, and even just, you know, I hate how easily I can forget things too. Um, and it's just so great to be able to go back and be like, man, remember how grateful I was that, you know, um, I was able to start Clomid or, um, and now look at where I'm at, like just to see those small things or, um, you know, we often just forget about, we were given, um, just, you know, those small gifts I'd kind of talked about just being like, wow, look how loved someone got to go out of their way to drop off some cookies in my mailbox or, um, 
even uh, when we uh, were going through IVF, I remember I was, my husband was going to be traveling and the uh, progesterone shots that go on the backside of you um, with the really long needle that are really hard to give yourself because you have to like aspirate it before you can put it all the way in. And I was like, how in the world am I going to do this? And all oh of a sudden, goodness. I was like, you know what? My neighbor is a nurse. And I remember being like, I've only had a few conversations with her, but you know what? Maybe, (gasps) (laughs) maybe she would help me. I don't know. And so we prayed about it. And I remember I like even wrote down, like typed everything out what I wanted to say to her. Cause I was like, hi, you might not know my name, you know, like, I don't know if you remember me, but, um, and she was so sweet when I told her our story, she was like, I would love to help you. So when my husband was out of town at 7am, I would walk over to her house and she would give me my injection. She had a little boy at the time and he might be running around or sitting in his high chair while, (laughs) while she's helping me give my shot. But, um, oh my goodness. And how invested is she now in her, in your story? That is so sweet. I know. So sweet. And you know, um, yeah, just, it's been really great. It was so fun actually this summer to go have my, she moved not far, but, um, she moved a little bit. So we, and I brought my son over to meet her and it was really fun to just be like, Oh, oh that is, is amazing. Yes, this is the nurse that helped your mommy <laughs> make sure you had everything <laughs> you needed. Um, when your dad was out of town, but yeah, just being, I remember just like knowing like that day, like being like, Oh my goodness, I'm so thankful. Like it's so easy to forget yes. just all the little parts of your life that, um, um, that have, or like even just great weather or a friend reaching out or being able to spend time with someone. So it really has been fun just to go back and say, wow, look at yeah. this. And, and, and how cool is that for you to be able to get like show Lucas that one day, like, Hey, hun, you know, we talked about how hard of a time it was to, to get you and how we waited so long. Here's what all God did every day. He did something to show us how, you know, how we could be grateful. And so it's, that's amazing. I'm, I'm like going to go upstairs and tell my husband we're starting this now. <laughs> we're doing this now. Well, like I, said, it's really, I love that. It's really fun to see his point of view too. Like something that maybe he saw that I didn't, it's just really neat just to go back. And I, I, I don't know what part it is in, but I remember specifically our sermon one day was about just putting rocks um, out so that you'd remember yep. exactly. Yep. That. And you can tell the generations after. Yes. Yep. And I remember saying, you know what, that's what we need to be doing because again, I know God is working and on the days mm-hmm. that I can't see him, I want to go be able to look back and say, wow, yes, he is here. Yeah. He is working and he is providing for us. So. Yep. My mom actually did that in a very, um, literal way. She has a, um, basket of rocks, like the little like garden rocks that you can buy everywhere. Um, she has a basket of those on her coffee table and they went through a really hard 10 year battle with something in their lives. And, um, she would write anything, anything that happened that was like, that's only God, like only God could have done what, what that. And he, you know, he's, he's fighting for us. And so she would pull out the rock, write the date on it and write just a, 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 like a keyword to remind her. And so she can, and those rocks are like still in their house and it's been, gosh, now it's been like 12 years. And, um, so anytime my daughter's there, she's like, look rocks. And she's like playing with them. And I'm like, those aren't just rocks, baby. You gotta ask Gigi what those rocks mean. Aww. And, um, cause they're just really, I mean, those are, those rocks are big moments in their lives. So Yes. That's such, and I mean, but on your phone now, they, you can share them with another Apple watch, I mean, another phone. And so it just makes it so easy. We can, technology can make it so easy for us to do that with our husbands or even a friend or, um, 
accountability partner, whoever, is just a really great way for us to every day be thankful for something. Yeah. Um, I know we're really talking about that um, right now in this month. So I think it's a great way to start it, especially what a great habit to start for the new year. Don't wait till January, do it now, but just let it carry over into the new year and just learning that attitude of gratitude. Yes. And it really does make you just pause and think about your day. Like sometimes I do it in the morning, but sometimes now, especially as I'm rocking my son to sleep, I can sit there and think about our day and just really be grateful in those quiet moments and think about what, Mm -hmm. and it's, and I always love looking back like, okay, what happened a year ago from today? Well, Emily, you are so, so sweet. Thank you for coming on and sharing y'all's journey and just what you are so open to allowing God to do through you. It's, it's really awesome. Well, thank you. I feel so privileged to be here and talk with you. And really, I love that your, um, your podcast is called Join Infertility. Um, I remember when we were talking to our church, we talked about, um, just there's, we, cause I, you know, I teach kinder, or I teach kindergarten, so there's lots of rhyming. Um, but I would <laughs> say there, there is so much joy before the boy. <laughs> so God really Aww. brought so much joy to our lives before we even knew that boy was going to be there. So I love that you're being able to just speak truth to women, that joy can really happen through the difficulty of infertility. Yep, joy can happen through the difficulty of infertility. I hope this podcast is showing you guys that and that you experience little pieces of that joy in your life, in your marriage, and especially in your walk with the Lord. I want to ask you guys to start those gratitude logs like Emily mentioned. She said she created a simple table on her Google Docs with a date field her name field and her husband's name a field for him and they just log it in each day side by side so when they look back they can see on what day each of them were grateful for we started it last week right after the interview and i've got to tell you it was hard the first few days to get in the habit of logging on my phone and doing that and honestly some days it was harder to fill in that blank than others but after you think for a second you actually have multiple things even though you think maybe you had a bad day there are multiple things to be grateful for throughout that day So this is such a good thing for us to do. I want us to start this and get in this habit. And I would love for you to take a picture of however you end up doing it, whether it's a Google Doc or a note on your phone, or maybe it's a written journal, but take a picture and tag Joy and Infertility in it so we can all see how we're fleshing this out. And speaking of gratefulness, as always, I am so grateful for each of you that are listening, each of you that are sending in your stories, and each of you that share this podcast with your friends. I got a message from a girl last week that has been binge listening after her friend shared it with her, and she was just blown away that she could relate to so many women after thinking that she was alone for so long. And so I'm so grateful for you guys that are continuing to listen and share. Thank y'all for being a part of this little community with me, and I pray that you have the sweetest thanks giving with your hubbies and your family. Have a great week. I hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode of the Joint Infertility Podcast. Isaiah 40 31 says this, those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Remember, God is with you. He sees your heart. He loves you and he is good. There will be beauty born from your journey. Have a great day.